Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. The Monkey on Your Shoulder. The little bell at the top of the door dinged merrily as Blake stepped into the darkened interior. The small space was lined with square mesh cage doors from floor to ceiling, maybe fifty in all. At the back, amidst the overwhelming smell of monkey, nestled a small desk. Blake's nostrils flared as the tang of almost human body odour mixed with gone-off fruit and worse things washed over him, and at that moment he nearly walked out. But before he could, a woman, short, black hair and eyes, her thin face calm, walked out of a small room behind the desk and sat down. Good afternoon, she said. Can I help you? I, uh, Blake said and waved the photocopied leaflet he held loosely in his hand. A friend gave me this, said you could help. He looked around the room and realised that nearly every cage was occupied. Black eyes were peering out at him, and now that his eyes were growing accustomed to the gloom, he began to see details. Two cages held black monkeys, as fuzzy as any cuddly toy he had ever seen. Another had white markings around its eyes, like glasses. One had huge orange eyes and seemed to be staring straight through him. You have come for a monkey, a shoulder monkey. Her accent was impossible to place, somewhere in Europe. Who sent you? The leaflet had said, You have a problem with career, wife, bedroom, success? You need a monkey on your shoulder. A hundred percent success rate. Angela had pressed it into his hand earlier, before she'd left for her conference. Go see her, she'd said. Remember to ask her about... Gordon Baker, Blake said. You helped him. The woman nodded. I remember Mr Baker. He was most satisfied with the results. Blake gestured around the shop. What do you do here? The woman got up and came around the desk. She moved over to one of the cages and opened it, allowing a small light brown monkey to leap onto her shoulder. It sat there, toes digging into her thick black cardigan, apparently able to keep its balance perfectly well despite her movements as she began to check each cage. I sell nothing here. Instead I loan time with my pets. They are able to bring on positive change. You are familiar with the phrase, the monkey on my shoulder, yes? Blake shook his head. It means a bad habit, illness, something negative that holds you back. My little ones can take away whatever it is, or help you overcome it. She began to feed nuts to the monkey clinging to her, taking them one at a time from the pocket of the black apron she wore. Blake looked at the leaflet again, a low-resolution copy of a copy of a copy and then around at cages in the otherwise bare room. This is, uh, a joke, right? He said, managing half a grin. I, I mean, what, you're expecting me to believe this is some sort of gypsy magic, or, um... His smile withered as she stared at him, frozen, and he realised that the monkey on her shoulder had its beady eyes fixed on him too, a nut halfway to its mouth. I think perhaps you are not worthy of one of my helpers, the woman said finally. It's not like that, Blake said quickly. It's more that I don't think having a monkey on my shoulder would help me with my problem. Which is? Blake sighed. What the hell, he thought. I work for a bank, 
the one in the high street opposite McDonald's. I'm one of the cashiers for about five years now, and I've always done really well, worked hard. I've passed the assessments to be an assistant manager, and we need an assistant manager, God knows we do. But my boss, he's a bit of a control freak. He refused to let any of us have a promotion, a, a pay rise, anything. I really need the promotion. Blake looked down at the ring on his left hand, still shiny. Angela, my my fiancé, she's pregnant and we really need the money. Then one of my boss's friends got a sideways promotion and suddenly he's our assistant manager. The woman's eyes never left him. So, leave your job. Sounds like a bad job. Easy for you to say, Blake said with a grimace. We're barely supporting ourselves like this. I can't afford to be unemployed. And the money's not terrible, just not enough. Ask for a better job. Demand. I can't. Blake shook his head wretchedly. I can't do it. The woman nodded and moved closer to Blake. Without warning, the monkey on her shoulder leaped the space between them. Blake staggered backwards, the extra weight pulling him off balance, but it clung on. This is Adjutor. He is a golden lion tamarind monkey, and he can help you with your problem. Blake tried to get a good look at Adjutor, but it was too difficult to get a good look at something only inches away from his cheek. Even turning his head completely into it only rewarded him with a nose full of goldish-brown hair. This is crazy, Blake thought. But out loud, he said, how much is it? She named a price that didn't seem anything like enough. Hell, he could make that back in a few hours at an assistant manager's wage. How do I care for it? What does it eat? Where does it do its business? What? Why? How? Blake's mind whirled with questions as, in a daze, he reached for his card. Within a minute after accepting the monkey, Blake was outside, blinking in the sunlight, clutching a small wallet of paper with photocopied instructions and advice on how to care for Adjutor, together with a small bag of nuts. He looked back into the shop, but the woman, he'd never even gotten her name, had already gone back into the darkened depths, blushing, aware that everyone he passed stared at him with undisguised curiosity. He walked home. The flat was cold and empty, the only warmth coming from the little note on the kitchen table. I love you, Angela. There were three Tupperware boxes in the fridge, enough to feed him until she came back. It wasn't that he was incompetent or lazy. She just thought that sort of thing out far enough ahead. While the microwave warmed his dinner, Blake flicked through the little pouch of notes. They were of the same debatable quality as the leaflet, and his eyes grazed over the words, feeding suggestions, grooming, sleeping arrangements. His gaze fell on the last line of the last page, all caps, bold, underlined, and in italics. Do not interfere with the monkey's work in any way. Blake shook his head. What the hell was he doing? He'd wake up in the morning with monkey feces smeared all up his walls, with windows broken and the police bashing down his door, no doubt. He ate his vegetarian lasagna, occasionally passing a nut up to Adjutor. It didn't smell, really, he realised, or he'd gotten used to it already. Cautiously, he went through the motions of the evening, up to the point where he was wondering how he could change into his sleep clothes without dislodging it. Adjutor jumped off and bounced onto his nightstand, turning its back to him. Feeling slightly self-conscious, Blake changed for bed and slipped between the sheets. It was cold without Angela. 
but the small, quick breathing of the monkey was oddly comforting, and Blake was soon asleep. The following morning, Adjutor sprang from the nightstand straight onto his shoulder as soon as Blake had his suit jacket on. You can't come to work with me, Blake said, but the monkey just looked at him. I work in a bank. I can't even bring my wallet to work. They definitely wouldn't let me bring a... a... monkey. The monkey on his shoulder closed its eyes and hunkered down, its toes gripping almost painfully tight. The message was clear. Do not interfere with the monkey's work in any way, Blake muttered. Yeah, right. He shook his head in disbelief. What the hell am I doing? He left the apartment, his silent passenger still in place. Almost as soon as he buzzed in through the security door and walked across the marble floor of the bank, Blake felt his stomach drop. By the time he got to the wooden staff-only door, every cashier's eye was on him and the imposing figure of his manager was there waiting for him. Good uh, morning, Mr Higgins, Blake said. Higgins waited until Blake was close enough to loom over, his eyes wide. What is the meaning of this? Uh, you have a primate on your shoulder. He pronounced the words with the same level of disgust that others reserved for swear words. Well, Blake began, but it didn't even matter. Adjutor chose this moment to take a running leap from his shoulders to the counter in front of the cashiers, knocking pens and mortgage advice leaflets flying, where it squatted in the little tray for passing things through the glass. A sharp stink rose up almost immediately, and Blake dove for the tiny streak of fur as it jumped onto one of the rope railings, knocking it over and then onto a sofa. The door opened and Blake realised that the first customers were coming in. Adjutor turned, saw Blake flying through the air and ducked down behind the sofa. Desperately, Blake grabbed at the monkey, which was now sat watching him with wide eyes. Gotcha, he growled, and then stopped short as the monkey brought one finger up to its mouth in a shushing gesture. Everyone, keep your hands where I can see them, a harsh voice said. Blake brought his eyes up, peering over the back of the destroyed sofa to see a man in a black balaclava and long brown jacket holding a gun. Get your money, put it in this bag. Eyes wide. Blake watched as the man walked to the end of the line of windows, still waving his gun in the general direction of the cashiers. Mr Higgins, his skin pale, was still standing in the doorway to the back office. Just do what he says, he murmured. No need for anyone to get hurt. The robber slid open the little drawer in the counter and was about to put his plastic bag in when he recoiled. Jesus! Someone's crapped in it! He snarled, stumbling backwards. His foot went down squarely onto one of the cheap plastic pens on the floor, and his arms pinwheeled as he desperately tried to keep his footing. With a ah. yell, he went over. His head slammed into the floor with a sickening crack. No one moved, and then Blake saw that the man was lying across the coiled rope railing. He stood and walked over to the unconscious robber, then quickly wrapped the railing around his arms and clipped it shut. Blake kicked the gun away, and then looked at Mr Higgins. His manager was looking down in disbelief, his normally bellicose face ashen grey. From outside, the sound of a siren wailed, drawing closer with every moment, and Blake realised that one of the cashiers must have pressed the silent alarm. He looked around for Adjutor, but the little furry shape was nowhere to be seen. A slow smile crept over Blake's face as he looked down at the tied-up and unconscious would-be bank robber on the floor. He had done this. Knocked out the bank robber. Saved them all. Saved the bank. 
no one would ever believe any different. Feeling indomitable, Blake got up and straightened his tie. Then he marched over to Mr Higgins and met his watery stare. Blake smiled wolfishly. I'd like to talk to you about a promotion, 